0: i Shanina Walker, and thank you for joining me today on our podcast, Yasha Young and Sharing His Anointing. Today on our Let's Write Reading, we're going to be continuing with our three part series on the subject of Be Made Whole. Last week, we talked on Spirit Be Made Whole. This week, we're going to continue on with our soul realm. Our subject today is Soul Be Made Whole. Our scripture today is going to be coming from Genesis. The second chapter, beginning at the seventh verse. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Let's wrap. When we look into this particular uh, scripture, we're seeing again God has formed man from the dust of, of the ground. And God, not only did he form man out of the dust of the ground, the Bible tells us that he breathed into his nostril the breath of life. So God's breath breathed into man. A uh, Breath of life is a thing that someone needs or depends on. And the Bible says that man became a living soul. We know that we need and we depend on God's breath to keep us living even to this very day. Let's just take a closer look at the soul of man. When the breath of God entered into man's body, at that particular time, um, God's breath became man's spirit. But when the spirit that God breathed into man reacted with the body, the soul was then produced in man. Let me repeat that. When the scripture says God formed man from the dust of the ground, it refers to our body. It goes on to say that he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, which refers to our spirit as it came from God. And man became a living soul Um, that refers to our soul. When the body was quickened by the spirit, our souls were then produced. Let me repeat that. When the spirit says God formed man of the dust of the ground, what is referring to is our body. It goes on then to say that he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, which then refers to our spirit as it came from God. And man, it says, became a living soul is referring to our soul. When the body was quickened by the spirit, it was the breath of life. God's breath, the spirit of God that brought into being a living and a self-conscious man. This is just to let you know. Again, how men came to be, how we came to be a three part beings. Our complete makeup is spirit, soul, and body. Our soul, and that's what we're talking about today soul be made whole. Our soul is a combination of our body and our spirit. The breath of life became our spirit. That is the principal life. That is within us. I say that is the principal life that is within us because we know that if we stop breathing or in other words, if God breath stopped flowing through us, we die. Um, We talked last week about the moment that Adam and Eve disobeyed God and they sinned. They did not immediately die a natural death, but at the moment that sin came into existence, their eyes came open and they died spiritually. Now fast forwarding on to today, we know that we are all born spiritually dead and in order for us to be made whole, we have to be made alive by the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. Now we know that every person has a body which is our material element and our soul is what causes the body to function. Our spirit is the spiritual element in us that gives our life meaning, gives our life purpose. Once our spirit has been regenerated by the Holy Spirit it is where then we can commune with God. That is where we come to be in his presence. I told you on last week that the Bible tells us that they that come to him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So only when we've been regenerated can we worship God in spirit and in truth. We also talked about how in 1 Thessalonians, it reveals that we are body, soul, and spirit. That scripture once again says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete uh, without blame until the coming of our Lord and Jesus Christ. We know that was in first Thessalonians the fifth chapter in the 23rd verse that we've been covering throughout this entire series. We also talked last week and I come to remind you once again that our soul and our spirit are not the same. However, they are closely connected. They are not the same. Our spirit is concealed in our soul. In other words, our spirit is closely connected with our soul. Um, In other words, keep in mind, you have to go through the soul in order to be able to get to the spirit. Um, Just like we have to cut through the joints to get to the marrow, where the Bible says the word of God is sharpened in a two-edged sword, able to cut through the uh, bone and the marrow in order to, to be able to cut through the joint to get to the mirror we have to cut through the soul in order to get to our spirit this is why often it's difficult uh, to initially discern our spirit from our soul if you can think about or picture the diagram that i did post on our facebook page um, it clearly gives you the uh, diagram of the inner circle which the inner circle refers to our spirit our spirit is our innermost part with which we contact God, and substantially all things from the spirit realm arise from our spirit um, inner circle. The middle circle, which is outside of the spirit realm, refers to our soul. Our soul is our inner part containing our mind, our emotion, our will, with which we contact all things in the psychological realm. Um, Our soul refers to the part of us that causes the body to function. Remember, the soul is giving orders to the body. Um, so whatever is in that soul realm, whatever is going on inside of your soul, uh, whether good or bad, whatever is happening in there is giving orders to the body. Uh, for instance, it, it don't start with your sight. It don't start with your eyes. It don't start with your your hearing. It starts with what's going on in that soul realm. Although uh, those are vehicles and you may see it, it's what's inside of the heart or in the soul that causes the body to react. We know that when our body, um, when we die, our body is placed in the grave and it decays and returns back to the dust. When we die, our spirit man goes either to heaven or to hell. So you see, even after we die, our spirit lives on. Jesus tells us what happens to a regenerated spirit that's led by um, his spirit when it dies. Um, John 3 and 16 tell us that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Also, Matthew 25 and 46, he talks about what happens to an ungenerated spirit, uh, a person that has not led a life of uh, led by the Holy Spirit, but have led a life led by the flesh or oneself. Uh, that particular scripture goes... These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now, our soul is something that is very um, unique uh, as the angels were created as a spirit. So we were created predominantly as a living soul. Um, we not only have this body, but our body with the breath of life, the Bible says again, became a living soul. In the scripture, God often refers to us as souls. Why is that? Because what we are depends on how our soul is. In other words, Proverbs, the 23rd chapter and the 7th verse says, uh, For such as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Uh, For such as a man thinketh in that soul realm, so is he. Our soul represents us and expresses our individuality. Our soul, again, I repeat, is where we lose most of our battles. It is the Origin of our free will. It is the origin of which the body and the spirit are completely merged. I hope somebody's getting this today. If our soul wills to obey God, it will allow our spirit to surrender to the Holy Spirit and allow the Spirit of God to rule over us as ordered by God from the beginning of time. But in fact, if our soul chooses, it can suppress the spirit and take some other delight as Lord over its life. This happens when we're led by ourselves, when we decide to be followed by our own mind, our own will, or our own intellect. In fact, what we're really saying to God when this happened is, God, I don't need you to direct me. I got this. This is a great time to apply the word. I'm reminded of my own life. Many times I found myself before I allowed the Holy Spirit to regenerate my heart saying, God, I don't need you to do this. God, you're moving too slow. God, you're not moving fast enough. I got this. And how many know anytime we think that we got this and we don't want God's help or we don't want God... to do it for us, he will just move right on out of the way and let you get it. I don't know for the life of me why we think that we know what's best for our lives. Why we think that we can lead ourselves. If that was the case, Jesus would have never had to come and die for our sins because we couldn't do it for ourselves. We needed Jesus. We needed his blood sacrifice to set us free. So many of you right now, listen to me, now have been leading your own lives for far too long. Many of you have let other things, even people, take the seat that only the Holy Spirit should have in your heart. You have allowed your husband, wives, maybe boyfriend, girlfriends, friends, grandchildren, jobs, material things, drugs, sex, alcohol, social media, among many, many other things, become the Lord over your life. You wake up with this thing. You go to bed with this thing. You have allowed it to control almost every moment of your life. Is what you live for. You have put so much time and attention in this personal thing. My question is, where is God? The Bible clearly tells us in Ephesians fourth chapter, and the thirtieth verse, we should not grieve the spirit. How many know we grieve the spirit when we live like the world? When we allow our personality, our attitudes, to control our lives. And then we make excuses, girl. That's just the way I am. You know. You know. I've been like that all my life. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we rely on our own reason and thinking by trying to work out situations and circumstances for our lives instead of trusting God and His Word. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we fail to believe He is God and He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. But instead, we seek after other things, even people, to fulfill the empty spot in us that only God can fill. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we walk in the flesh, when we are led by our feelings and our emotions instead of walking in the Spirit of God. Both quenching and grieving the Spirit are similar in effect. Both hinder godly lifestyles. Both happen when we as believers sin against God and follow our own worldly desires. So we should not grieve. We should not quench the Holy Spirit by refusing His leading. If you are not sensitive enough to detect His voice, you will quench him and your spiritual life will be impaired. Our soul is comprised of our intellect. It's important to know all the things that lie in our soul realm. Once we learn the things that lie in our soul realm, then we'll know how we can fight this battle to be victorious. Again, our soul comprises our intellect, which aids us in this present state of existing. Oh yeah. It's important to possess intellectual knowledge. This is something that we all need. The Bible tells us in Hosea 4 and 7, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. So it's okay if you have a degree. Just don't let your degree have you. In other words, Keep in mind that our degrees can only provide us with knowledge. There's a lot of people, especially in today's generation. I found it so with this younger generation. The more I talk to them, the more I begin to understand that there's a lot of people in today's generation full of knowledge, have multiple gr- degrees. I have about three different degrees myself that I hold. We live in a time of technology and information at your fingertips. But what this generation likes more than anything else is is wisdom. Why? Because wisdom comes from God. The Bible tells us Proverbs 9 and 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. When I first got saved, I remember reading this verse, but I never came to the full understanding and the knowledge of this verse until now this period in my life. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's so important that we have wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. When you come to the realization that it is only the Lord that can give us wisdom, wisdom to do right, wisdom to walk right, wisdom to talk right. If ever we lived in a time where we needed wisdom, now is the time. We need wisdom for everything. Wisdom to know how to raise our children. Wisdom to understand this generation. Wisdom on our jobs. Wisdom just to control our finances. We need wisdom of God. Now our soul belongs to our own self. It reveals our own personality. It is termed as a part of our self-consciousness. So inside our soul realm lies also our personality. This is where our will lies, our intellect, our emotion, and again our personality all dwells in that soul realm. As I have mentioned already, our soul is the meeting point or the mediator of our spirit and our body. This is where they're merged, this is where they come together. Uh, The soul is it, remember, the soul is a go between, it's a mediator between the spirit and the body. Our soul stands between these two worlds, yet belongs to both. It is linked with the spiritual world through the spirit. And with the material world through the body, our soul also possesses the power of free will. Listen to me again. Our soul also possesses the power of free will. Hence, it's able to choose from among its environments. Our soul therefore stands between the spirit and the body, binding these two together. Our soul is the outer sheath of the spirit. If you look at that diagram that I put out there again, it it shows you that the soul is the outer sheath of the spirit. In the inner circle, there's the spirit, then there's the soul, then there's the body. Our soul is the pivot of the our entire being because it either directs our spirit to obey or our flesh to disobey. Let me say that again. Our soul is the pivot of our entire being. Because it directs either our spirit to obey or our flesh to disobey. It gives orders to our yielded spirit or it gives orders to our fleshly body. It is only when our soul is willing to assume the humbling position. It is only when our soul is willing to assume the humbling position that we yield our spirit man to the spirit of God. He can then manage our whole body. It is only then that we are whole spirit, soul, and body when we humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God. If our soul rebels, let me say it again, if our soul rebels against taking the position of humbling to the Holy Spirit, our spirit will be powerless not the Holy Spirit, but our little spirit, our spirit inside of us will be powerless to surrender in order to allow the Holy Spirit to rule. This explains the meaning of free will of man that God gave us. We all have free will. We're not automations, but God has given us free will. We have power to decide for ourselves if we choose to obey or not if we choose to accept god or reject god the soul realm is where all these decisions are made either we choose to obey god's will or we choose that we're going to follow satan and his will instead this is why our soul realm is the key to our victory you have to get this today if you're listening to me and you're under the sound of my voice i encourage you to listen to this series until you get it in your spirit our soul is the spirit of activity where Satan can operate, making his appeal to our affections and our emotions. Oh yeah, Satan is a liar. He's the father of liars. His job is to deceive us. His job is to trick us. And it is in, he knows, it's in our soul realm that he can operate. It's in our soul realm that he can play with our affection and our emotion. He knows full well that if we allow him, he can dominate the physical or the soulish part of us, he knows that uh, we are creatures of emotion, and he plays on our minds and our emotions all the time. Just think about it. Think about your life. Think about things that you went through. He continues to lie to us. He continues to play on our play on our mind and our emotion. Our soul consists of our mind, which includes our conscience, the will our emotions, our soul, and our spirit are mysteriously tied together to make up what the scripture calls our heart. Um, that's why the Bible constantly give us scriptures again and again about our heart. It's all tied together. You got to keep in mind, if you look at that diagram, you have the, the spirit, the soul, or the spirit, the heart is like in between the soul and the spirit. Proverbs 4 and 23 declares, watch over your heart, with all diligence It's saying diligently watch over your heart constantly. It says for from it flows the issues of life. We see here that the heart is the central part of our emotions and our will. It's our job to watch over our heart, to guard our heart diligently uh, because out of it is flowing the issues of life. In other words, we should be careful who we decide to open up and just, some of us just give our heart to anybody, not a second thought about it. Some of us just listen and put anything in our mind and our spirits, which again is all in that soul realm. So when you're putting these things in your spirit it's going into your heart. We have to guard our heart. Matthew 12 and 34, it says O generation of vipers, How can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So you got to keep in mind, remember I told you that the body, it's a vehicle, the hands, the eyes, the mouth, it's what matters is what's in the heart. And the Bible is telling us for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So that's why when a person show you their true self, please believe it, what they say out of their heart, that thing is down in their heart is going to come out of their mouth. When a person just continues to use profanity again and again and again and they can't stop cursing, it's in their heart. That thing is down in them. You have to have heart open, I heard a preacher preach a message, open heart surgery. Some of us need open heart surgery to find out what's down inside of our heart. We need to go into the operating room and allow the Holy Spirit to go inside of us and clean out some of those heart arteries that's clogged up with unforgiveness, that's clogged up with bitterness, that's clogged up with deceit and lies and pain. We need open heart surgery. Now, Matthew 15th chapter and the 18th verse is pretty much similar to the uh, Matthew 12 and 34, it says, but those things which proceedeth out of the mouth come forth from the heart and defile a man. In other words, it's not so much as what's going in, but the Bible is telling us is what's coming out. But those things that proceedeth out of the mouth comes forth from the heart. And that's what defiles you. What's coming out of your mouth, what's coming out of your heart is defiling you. Matthew 15 and 19, for out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murderers, adulterers, fornication, thieves, false um, witnesses, blasphemy, out of the heart. You see how important it is to guard our heart, how important it is to know what's flowing from the heart, and the heart is at the seat of our soul realm. Also in our soul realm is the seat of our passions feelings and the desire of man Satan is satisfied if he can master these. He know he if Satan can get these, he you're done. He he's mastering you. You're totally his. You're doing everything he's saying. You're obeying him. Let's repeat that. Also, our passions is at the seat of our soul realm. The our feelings, our desires, the desire of man. Keep in mind If Satan is satisfied, if he can master these things, if he can master your feelings, Have you wishing and wavering every doctrine, every wind that come along, anything somebody say to you, you're in your feelings. If he can control your passions where you're just passionate about all the wrong things, not the things of God, but you're you're passionate about partying, you're passionate about drugs, you're passionate about your sex partners, whatever it is, those desires, the same thing. He just continue you desiring the things that you shouldn't have, design the works of the flesh, design the things of this world. He knows that he can master you. F.W. Grant said that the soul is the seat of the affections, right or wrong, of love, hate, and lust, even the appetites of the body. Our soul is the seat of our affections. Again, right or wrong. We have to be so careful when it comes to our soul realm. We have to know what it is that's going on inside of our soul realm, our soul needs to be made whole. When our soul is made whole, when it's regenerated by the Holy Spirit, it is then that our thinking change, it is then that our affections change, it's then that the passion that we have turns toward God and away from things of this world. Um, Peter 2nd chapter and 11th verse said, it is in the soul where fleshly, lustly desires and appetites arise sustain from fleshly lust, which wars against the soul. Peter clearly tells us here it is in the soul where fleshly lust desires and appetites arise. Abstain from fleshly lust, which wars against the soul. Also inside the gate of our soul is where our imagination, our conscience, our memory, our reasoning, again the affection and desires reside and it resides to serve our own pleasure. It is only when God's Holy Spirit has regenerated our spirit that our affection and our desires are directed towards God. We can never love God nor the things of God until we are born again by God. It is possible, very possible to go to church, to sit in service, to hear the word, to have a troubled conscience, to be stirred up emotionally, even to weep bitterly and still remain dead to our trespasses and our sin. I'm not telling you something that I heard. I'm telling you something that I know. For years, I would go to church again and again. I would sit in service. I would be convicted. The spirit of the Lord would come upon me. And I I even got to the point where I hated to go to church because every time I went to church, I would become so convicted. I would weep bitterly. But yet I would get up out of that church. I would leave and I was still dead Dead in trespasses, dead in my sins. I was still going back out there, living like the world trying to lead my own life until one day I found out that Jesus Christ is a restorer of souls. I'm reminded of David in Psalms 23 and three. David said he restored my soul. In other words, the Hebrew word "restoreth" is translated or it means turned back at no time. Did David lose his salvation? But there were many times when his affection and his desires were turned from the Lord. As in the case, when he sinned with Bathsheba many times, In life, like David, I found myself walking in the flesh. It was in those times that I allowed my own affection and my own desires to turn me away. I attached myself to things and people who meant me no good. I formed unhealthy relationships and soul ties again and again, looking for love in all the wrong places. Hebrew 11 and 25 tells us that sin is pleasurable for a season. Hebrew 3 and 13 reminds us that sin is deceitful. It's always good in the beginning. It looked good to me and it felt even better to my flesh. But although you're enjoying it right now, just know it's only for a season. You were not created to be the devil's play toy. Until your soul is made whole, he will continue to keep you on a string like a yo-yo, going up and down, up and down. You were not created to walk in the flesh, but rather the Spirit of God. It's time for you, just like I did, to come to the realization of 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. Which ye have of God, ye are not your own, for ye have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. In other words, what? Is that what you thought? Did you think your body belonged to you? No, you are sadly mistaken. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which ye have. Your temple is not your own. Your body belongs to God. Even better, ye have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. What price, you say? Have you been bought with? You've been bought by the blood of Jesus. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Therefore, recognize that this body that you possess, this body that your spirit and your soul resides in, it is not yours. It does not belong to you, but it is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, "Therefore, glorify God." in your spirit, which are God's. He's telling us to glorify God in your body, but not only in your body, glorify him in your spirit. And how are we going to, quote, how are we going to glorify him with our body and with our spirit? We have to be made whole in our soul. Only when our soul man has been made whole, can we fully glorify God in our body and in our spirit. We have to be whole spirit Behold soul. Behold body. Everything, your entire makeup, everything about you cries out and longs for the father to complete you. The DNA is of God that is in you. He said, be holy for I am holy. He created us to love and be loved with agape love, not with this worldly love, but we have to love the way God has given it to us to love. Somebody better hear me today. You can best believe until your soul is restored. In other words, until your life is made whole by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will continue to live a defeated life. If you are tired of being broken, I encourage you today to listen to my message entitled take off the Mask" on the woman with the issue of blood for 12 long years. She suffered with this issue until she decided to take off the mess. Many of you have heard my own personal testimony on that same message of take off the mess where for over 25 years, I held on to an issue until I surrendered my spirit, my soul, and my body to the Holy ghost and allowed him, To transform my mind and my attitude, my will, and heal my broken emotions. Matthew 11 and 29 tells us that Jesus himself said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly at heart. You will find rest for your soul. Somebody today is sick and tired of being sick and tired. Your soul needs rest. How do you get your soul rest? Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you learn of me for I am gentle and lowly at heart. You have to learn of him. You have to get in his word. You have to understand the word of God. He'll begin to reveal it to you and you will find rest for your soul. Let's pray. Heavenly father, I thank you for this liberating word for letting me know that you created me in your likeness and it is your DNA that runs through my being. That I am completely made whole by the redemption blood of your son, Jesus, and the powerful working of your Holy Spirit daily, transforming my life. I come to you today, giving you all my broken pieces. I surrender my thoughts and my reasoning that you might renew my mind. I surrender my will to your will. Give me wisdom by your Holy Spirit that I might make wise choices for my life. Help my unbelief. Take away my doubt and fear. Put in check all my feelings and emotions. Heal me from all past memories of physical and emotional abuse. Take out the faulty parts of my personality that have been formed from years of pain and hurt and restore unto me your image in your likeness. It is in your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Again, thank you for tuning in to Yasha Young and sharing his anointing. I am Elder Shanina Walker. Until next time.